friends, it's Morgan, and welcome back to another episode of the Become Good Soil podcast. We are nearing the end of our beginning. We've been through seven parts of an eight-part series, exploring the raw, unfiltered sneak peek into the 2019 Become Good Soil intensive. In many ways, every session was prologue to get us to this point. And so now, let's dive in for part eight. and tell me your name. My name is Gladiator. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance. Today I saw a slave become more powerful than the Emperor of Rome. They said you were a giant. I shall cheer for you. At my signal, unleash hell. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Spirit of the living God, fill us afresh. Open the eyes of our heart. Open our minds. Open our soul for more of us to receive more of you on this day in this moment in Jesus name there's a very profound story in the gospels that Jesus tells right after the sermon on the mount and Jesus enters Capernaum and there's a centurion soldier that comes to Jesus asking for help He says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. And Jesus looks at the soldier and says, I will go and I will heal him. The centurion replies, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Simply say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. Soldiers are under me. I tell this one, go. And he goes. I tell this one, come, and he comes. I tell this one, do this, and he does this. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. And he said, I will tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with this great faith. And then Jesus said to the soldier, go. It will be done as you believed it would. And at that very hour, his servant was healed. This word astonished is only used, (coughs) thalmetzal is the original language. It's used one time in all of scripture to relate to description of the faith in in the soul of a man. What would 
it looked like to astonish the heart of God. To astonish the heart of God. This picture of Maximus this morning. It's interesting. We see Christ in him. The general who became the slave. The slave that became a gladiator. The gladiator that defied an empire. What's fascinating about his life that we often miss is he was not an autonomous man. He was strength under rule. He was a harnessed soul in service of a greater good. Right? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commanders of the armies of the north, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. His strength came from the reality of the position which he consented to that released a power. And he makes that statement when Marcus Aurelius is dead. Even the death of his king doesn't change this consent to a man under rule. What would it look like for you to be consecrated to God? What parts of you and in what ways are you under the care and connection of God? Because all of this that we're talking about hinges on will I give my whole masculine soul under the care, connection, and leadership of the heart of my father. I want to go back into Gladiator and watch the clip of watching Maximus engage Marcus Aurelius and look into the hearts of these kings and notice what you see in the soul of, a Ma- of Maximus, a man with thalamic sow a man who astonishes the heart of God because of his consent. Do you see that map, Maximus? That is the world which I created. For 25 years, I have conquered, spilt blood, expanded the empire. Since I became Caesar, I've known four years without war, four years of peace in 20, and for what? I brought the sword, nothing more. Caesar, your life, please. Please don't call me that. Come, please, come sit. Let us talk together now, very simply, as men. Well, Maximus, talk. 5,000 of my men are out there in the freezing mud. 3,000 of them are bloodied and cleaved. 2,000 will never leave this place. I will not believe that they fought and died for nothing. And what would you believe? They fought for you. And for Rome. What is Rome, Maximus? I've seen much of the rest of the world. It is brutal and cruel and dark. Rome is the light. Yet you have never been there. You have not seen what it has become. I am dying, Maximus. When a man sees his end, he wants to know there was some purpose to his life. How will the world speak my name in years to come? Will I be known as the philosopher, the warrior, the tyrant, 
Or will I be the emperor who gave Rome back her true self? There was once a dream that was Rome. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. It was so fragile. And I fear that it will not survive the winter. Maximus, let us whisper now, together, you and I. You have a son. Tell me about your home. My house is in the hills above Tehillo. Very simple place. Pink stones that warm in the sun. Um, kitchen garden that smells of herbs in the day. Jasmine in the evening. Through the gate is a giant poplar. Figs, apples, pears, the soil. Marcus, black. Black like the, my wife's hair. <laughs> Grapes on the south slopes, olives on the north. Wild ponies playing in my house. They tease my son, he wants to be one of them. When was the last time you were home? Two years, 264 days, and this morning. I envy you, Maximus. It was a good home. Worth fighting for. There is one more duty that I ask of you before you go home. What would you have me do, Caesar? I want you to become the protector of Rome after I die. I will empower you to one end alone, to give power back to the people of Rome and end the corruption that has crippled it. Won't you accept this great honor that I have offered you? With all my heart, no. That is why it must be you. But surely a prefect, a senator, somebody who knows the city, who understands her politics. But you have not been corrupted by her politics. And Commodus? Commodus is not a moral man. You have known that since you were young. Commodus cannot rule. He must not rule. You're the son that I should have had. Commodus will accept my decision. He knows that you command the loyalty of the army. Uh, I need some time, sire. Yes. By sunset, I hope you will have agreed. Now embrace me as my son. Bring an old man another blanket. The true kings are the sons and men who have become the kind of people that are fully and wholeheartedly consented to the rule and care of the heart of their king. It's been said by a wise man, the greatest threat to God's kingdom is our kingdom. We were designed for dependency. The goal 
is union. The fruit is intimacy. And it is available to have the type of impact through participating with your Father in a great revolution that's bringing on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the crux. This is the apex. And there's a verse in Proverbs that I think encapsulates much of this. It's it's stolen by religiosity, and the NIV just doesn't get to it, I don't think, very well. It's Proverbs 16, 32. It's often translated, better is a patient man than a warrior. But I've dug through original texts and lots of translations, and the essence of that scripture, Alex, you can put it up there, is it's far better for a king to rule over his spirit than to conquer a city or a kingdom. That the great battle first is to come under rule and to come under consent. Father, in Jesus and Holy Spirit, what would it look like for me to be fully consecrated to you? All of me given over to all of you. What would it look like for me to break every limit that I have placed, God, on who you can be and what you can do and how you can do it? God, I want that life. I want to recover this ancient path. The tried and true way that offers rest to my soul. So I invite you in, more of you into more of me. God, these deep longings to be powerful and restored as the man you intended me to be, the man that astonishes you because I choose union with you. Would you show me where and how and what's next in my masculine journey? God, I just confess the ways I've reached for more kingdom than I've had maturity. And I choose to grieve the places where uh, I have been invited into more kingdom than is appropriate for my time. I'm asking that you would shepherd me in pruning my kingdom, in soul-sizing, in making it on time, that it would be the perfect edge of frontier of what you have for me. God, I'm aware in my soul that there is civil war still yet to be fully reconciled. That as my heart is expressed, I find what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't do, I long to do. God, I'm asking for you to make me more and more aware of the false operating with compassion and kindness and heroism that you would help me understand the mask, the self-protective person I've created to disengage from a relationship, to avoid shame and fear. Holy Spirit, illuminate my mind and heart to understand. Give me the grace, your life acting, to begin to disentangle and dismantle and restore the true man. God, I want to break every limit I've placed on who you can be what you can do and how you can do it. I want to give more of me over to more of you. And I receive more of you into that seat of sonship where I can cry out, Abba, Father, 
I invite you as my father in the fullness of your generosity, your provision, and your care, your protection and your validation. And I invite you in all of your mothering and your comforting, your soothing, your nourishing, your forming, that you would give me robust well-being, saturating my soul, and that you alone, God, in your care, would allow me to experience the joy bursting and knowing what it's like to be 10 feet tall. I'm asking for more of you into more of me. And God, I confess there are places still in me that are atrophied, that have gone dormant, that have gone to sleep, that I have gravitated towards efficiencies or gifting or certain talents and have avoided places that make me feel fearful, unfinished, and exposed. I'm asking you to recover the whole man, to teach me a little bit about a lot of things and through that process that you would reintegrate the wholeness of what you meant by me as a man. In that process, I'm asking that you attend to the soil of my heart. I confess that I live in a hostile world. It's not a habitat for which I was designed, but you are empowering me to make steady, simple, daily choices, activating 20 seconds of courage to in time and over time cultivate the practice of the present moment to cultivate the rhythm where my life becomes liturgy, where I arrange my days in time and over time, that I experience deep joy and contentment in my everyday life with you. And as we do that, God, I'm asking for you to deepen the roots. Would you take me deeper? Would you establish those roots? Would they find their way into the riverbank, grafted in to this river that even in drought, In every season I bear fruit, would you structure my days, the practices, the habits, order my life so that my inner life becomes greater than my outer life. You and you alone, God, can do it. I'm asking that you would come and fill afresh all of my relationships but that you would order my investment, my spend, that you would restore right relationship, that you would strengthen and guide, God, that no one or nothing would get more than you in my life. You alone get the first and the best, and you would guide me and shepherd me into coming to the center of those that you've entrusted to my care, marriage and children, having the courage to be there with a whole heart, to be available to the epic moments that happen in the most practical, nondescript moments of a life lived. God, I'm asking for you to Shepherd me in becoming the kind of person that can offer heroic, true friendship with a few like-hearted kings living in the same direction, 
that you would father me in sacrificial love, that I become, become the kind of person that they will trust with their lives, that you would seat my soul under wise guides, never ever surrendering you as my father or removing that seat, but in pieces and parts, looking for the men, for the few that have marked the path and recovered it in front of me. Give me faithful guides. God, shepherd me through the rest. God, I consecrate my limits and I ask that they would be a holy teacher. God, I'm asking in all of it that you would give me the courage to expose that which is mine, that you would give me eyes to see the plank, courage to release the speck, that you would do the work so that I might see clearly, so I might be the kind of person that offers love. And I speak into my life and story that forgiveness will beget forgiveness, repentance will beget repentance, that transformation and restoration will beget transformation and restoration. And I stand in the confident trust that love will prevail in my life, in these places. And God, in all of it, in every way, in every place, I want to be the kind of person that has my life consecrated to you. All of me given over to all of you. I unite my heart with your heart. I choose to live in the day and measure in the decade. I give you my decade and I stay here and now in this day, right at the edge of my frontier. You promise to meet me. You promise to offer light and to save every part of me that needs saved. And so you say, therefore, I can wait with eager expectation for you have come and you are coming. I choose to give you my decade and I choose to receive the invitation to become good soil, to become deep roots, to become the son that I am to become the kind of man that you can gladly and confidently entrust your kingdom. I say yes to you, God. I say you have my yes. What just happened? What just happened these past four days? Oh my God. I mean, who gets to do this? Who gets to do this? We do. Because you're chosen. And um, I'm going to speak in the first person, but I speak for 48 facilitators as I speak in the first person. So um, so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Mark. Oh. So proud of you. 
what you have done, what is yet to do, so proud of you. And as I speak to the guys in my story group here, your facilitators calling your name. Brian, I love you. Well done. Todd, well done, son. I love you. And Kevin, Kevin, well done. I love your heart. You know, I, uh, I had a vision um, last night. I didn't sleep very well, but I did have a vision, and it was a good vision, and as I pictured all, you know, this camp is situated on a slope and, and uh, I think just about all of our, our places that we met, where our story groups met, was on high ground and I think that was of God to take the high ground. But after every story group, um, I had a picture of angels with scoops and they were going through our story group sessions just scraping out all of the foul spirits, the agreements, the soul ties, the curses, the judgments. And they were scooping them out in front and then they were, they were put out in the road and, and then there was a, it was very vivid, it was a, a D8 caterpillar <laughs> coming down the road pushing all of that shit to the bottom of the camp. And, and it happened four times. And there's a big pile of shit down there. So, so we called down fire to burn it up. We called down the fire of God to burn that up. Um, but um, I, I just want to ask you guys, um, through these men that have walked with you, fathered you, do you feel the Father's love? Yes. Do you feel the Father's love? Yes. Because we, talk, we talked about Risking love, we've talked about that, but you can't, you can't even try to risk love until you've received the Father's love. And there's much left to do. It's the beginning, as Morgan said, of a decade. but we're so proud of you. John, I want to ask um, you to come up. John has some, some comments, and then we're going, to, uh, we're going to hear from some of the facilitators. We, we could not get 48 facilitators to come, so we took the senior facilitators, the 60 and older, 
And um, I think there's about 15 of us. And so, um, John, you want to come up and... Um, <clears throat> Morgan, you have created something very rich. And the best thing about this is, buddy, your life exceeds your teaching. So I don't know where you are right now. Your life exceeds your teaching. I know that you live more than you teach now. And that's a phenomenal place to be. You know, if only that could be said of every guy that takes a microphone or gets on stage or attempts to lead or pastor or write a book or put a message out or have a, you know, a platform, if only that could be said, that your life actually exceeds your teaching. Um, so, well done. Well done. Guys, this isn't for everyone. This isn't. You, you, you've, you've chosen well. You really have. You've chosen well. And we are immensely proud of you. It takes a lot to get this far in the journey and get here and go through this. The choices. Well done. This honestly isn't for everyone. This is a unique, beautiful choice of yours. So I just want to return the love. It's great to be in the company with you. And guys, let's be smart. Um, be wonderful if we just kind of glided out of here, eased back into our worlds to warm embraces and quick promotions and uh, an extra week of vacation. Um, the, the world is at war and the war, it's, it's really late. We're really late in the story. Um, I, I personally think that the return of Jesus is extraordinarily near, partly because he keeps telling me so. Um, and the, the enemy is freaking so um, two things have been released on the earth. I just want to give you a heads up too. Hatred and death. Um, and I, these are, these are high-ranking, fallen spirits. They used to be in the company of the army of God. They fell. Um, and they are raging on the earth right now. And... Um, I simply want to equip you, heads up as we go back. Let's be smart, guys. Let's be smart. Um, commanding the love of God in your kingdom. You have authority. You have a kingdom. You have a realm. You, you have say over what's going on in your kingdom. Spiritually. So commanding the love of God against hatred. <clears throat> will prove to be very, very, very helpful, okay? Some of the discouragement that you've been under, some of the, oh, just the shitty feelings, some of the accusations, some of the physical affliction, the physical affliction that's going on is coming through hatred. And so just I command the love of God throughout my realm, and I command the love of God against all hatred, 
will prove to be very helpful, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> How helpful, Mark? Oh, yeah. yeah. Survival. Yeah, survival, guys. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to put a fit. This is just kindness. This is just um, from one of your captains to you. Heads up. The other, the other thing that's been released on the earth is death. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, death is rampaging on the earth right now. It is also a mighty fallen spirit. And you don't want to rush at it, but you can command life in your kingdom, right? Romans 5, 17, we reign in life through Jesus Christ. We reign in life. Commanding the river of life. The river of life is the being of God that flows like a river to the world, offering his life to the world, to those who will have it. And so commanding the river of life throughout my realm, as I leave this place, river of life around me, river of life over my family, if you have one, river of life against all death, you will find to be immensely helpful and the death thing, as we were experiencing it, it, it came after Ransom's heart massively. And, and um, you know, when you think of death, you think, oh, well, physical death. And it is doing that um, in droves. But um, it, it's also the end of things, the end of a relationship, trying to end a calling, trying to cut short a career, <coughs> trying to end a mission that you're, you're starting. Or, um, bringing about the end of things, or even that thing in us that goes, you know what? I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I think I don't want to. I think I don't want to be a part of that group anymore, or that friendship anymore. Now, check in with Jesus on that. You know, get your orders. But life against death, <coughs> life against death, will prove to be enormously helpful. Okay, so let's be smart. Going back, no fear. No fear. May go great. Next couple of weeks may be fabulous, but if it's not, you know what it is, and it's not you, and you're not blowing it, and you can handle it, okay? So, um, well done, and you're going to hear a ton of wisdom now, so I'm done. Men, you've been created brilliantly and perfectly, and I'm going to encourage you to live out of that and to avoid false comparison. It's like a double-edged sword, very sharp. And when you find yourself thinking or feeling better than the other guy, that sword is going to fillet you because of your pride. And the other times, when you find yourself feeling less than the other guy, the sword's going to fillet you again because of your shame. So my request is please let that sword of false comparison lie dormant in your life. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well said. Thank you, Kyle. Barry. Uh, man, it's important that this message be reoriented regularly, intentionally, often. All right, you hear me? Preaching to myself a little bit. I want you to stand here in the over 60s, I'm taking this over 60 thing, Bart. I received that. <laughs> and not have these potholes. I've made the mistake of letting life come to me rather than being intentional about this message. So it's intentional, it's regular, and it's often. 
benevolent detachment forever. Thank you, Mary. Dave. I was dragged kicking and screaming into the 60s about two months ago. (laughs) From the place of the low seat in the 60s plus table. (laughs) I want to say the road is, is narrow for all of us. And there are many things that you wish will never come to you, but they will. And I want to say to you that you are sons. You have consented to that. And in that place, you have the authority to choose what you will do with the things and the times that have come to you. So bless you guys. Brad. Hey, guys. I am so encouraged. I'm going to give you a big picture perspective. 60,000 feet. You are actually at a glorious age. You are on time. When you hear it's too late or there's no hope, those are lies straight from the pit of hell. Kingdom says it's never too late. There's always hope. Truth is, your phase of life, you're probably about one or two careers into your six or seven career life. You have three or four decades of useful, effective kingdom life yet. You are just starting on your journey. Thank you. Relax. You're on time where you are where you are supposed to believe. You are not behind. You are young in kingdom years. Thank you, Brandon. Jimbo. Oh, it's good to be here. Well done. So this has to do in the area of soul care. So go slower. Eat slower. Walk slower. Drive slower. Talk slower. That's an easy one for me. Make love slower. Mm, Amen. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for that. Santiago. <laughs> this is really an amazing sight, and yeah. um, I'm privileged to get to even see it. Um, men, you know that our consumeristic uh, culture loves a good deal. And at first blush, um, dedicating uh, a decade may appear to be an exorbitant price to pay. But take it from an older brother who's had a total collapse of his kingdom at a point in time. It's really a pretty good bargain. And it will ultimately protect you from such a collapse in your own domain. Thank you. Thank you. Dave? Uh, I have to draw from somebody who is probably far wiser and experienced than me, but he was in a culture of kind of hatred. And I get to say this in a culture of people who have soft hearts. And that was Jeremiah. 
he rebuked the people saying, you have hewn or dug cisterns that don't hold water. In other words, they leak. And this is really a prime place. And I'd encourage you to routinely take a little time to do an inventory to see what's leaking in your lives and then to take action. Second piece is uh, there's no shame or guilt about this because I've heard these words that I'm about to say something about. And that is uh, in our group, we realized we had some very strong women behind our guys. And uh, Barry said, and I agree that I'd love to meet those women. But uh, the most important day of your wife's uh, life, one of the most important was their wedding day. Because they became a bride, but more than that, they became your bride. That's good, Dave. I do not like words like wifey, the wife, the little lady. A little better to say my wife. When I introduce people to my bride, that's exactly what I say. I want you to meet my bride. And what I've heard is, oh, really, you're newly married. No, we're coming up on 45 years. <laughs> but she's still my bride. I hope you'll cut that. Randy. Thanks, Bart. I think about uh, what my life was like uh, in my 30s and between 30s and 60s. And I just think about uh, there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of activity. It just seems to fly by. And as I look back over those years, um, the thing that seems most important to me that I would love to have had focused on uh, had been encouraged uh, is in the area of soul care. Um, it's such a difficult thing to carve out today. Uh, it's looked upon uh, sort of unfavorably, you know, that you shouldn't be taking time for yourself. And you're going to have to fight for that. But what I wrote here was let soul care in union with God be the fuel that powers your life. You'll have lots of decisions to make, lots of things to fight for, things to fight against. Um, but you can't do it if you're not in union with God and you don't have the energy that he provides through your heart. So don't let that pass. Mm. Thank you very much. Both. Late in my Christian journey, I discovered something that in the last five years that I stole and it's become part of my heart. And it's my gift to you in the next minute. It's the answer to the question, what does maturity and love and growth look like as a man ages? And in my 20s, I thought, and you have to engage with your imagination with this graph, that my graph was going to be linear and high and straight. In fact, my graph was upward progressing but with great depth and great height. <laughs> and wherever you are on your graph, there's a component that I did not know about. That component was my desperate need for God skyrocketing way at an angle that I can't even describe. So at any point in time, wherever you are, wherever I am, there's a gap between my desperate need for God and where I am. 
And I used to hate the ache, but I will say now that God's reinterpreted the ache for me as a cry to say, come and let me receive your love and your life and your grace. And I bless you with the love of God as you learn to reinterpret the ache that you will have on a daily and weekly basis as God's gift to you to come back to him. Thank you, guys. <laughs> William. Bob Harris. <laughs> um, would the young kings I had breakfast with please stand up? Um, first of all, I love you deeply. Second of all, I let my poser out and I ask you to forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. I was orphaned at birth, but the greatest abandonment that a man can experience is the cowardly, self-inflicted orphaning of the true man by the poser. The poser is who shows up when the true man doesn't. And also, Father gave this to me a while ago, and some of you may have heard it before. But, um, he asked me if, he said, do you need to taste your children's blood drawn by the enemy's sword to realize the intensity of the battle in which you pretend to be engaged? Show up. Be the warrior. Your father and your world need your heart. Bill. Uh, other Bill, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Lord showed me an image of about two, uh, six, two, no, one, two, three, three hundred mailboxes, you know, like the old style. And I was there sorting the letters and putting them in the box. The letters were like ideas that God was giving me. As to find the right box, put in the right box. And I looked up and I saw about a hundred of the boxes were missing. He said, this was my worldview. I was missing categories to even be able to process an idea in. Categories like warfare, taking a city, all kinds of things I didn't know how to think about. So I was actually stupid and unable to be trained until I agreed to let him give me the categories. And then he would give me ideas to fill in the categories and we'd let those ideas rub together and to begin to understand. So my encouragement to you is let God give you new categories to think in and then he will be able to teach you and you will become the wise men of the world. Thank you very much. Mark. It is a privilege to be here. Uh, one of the things that God has shown me through Become Good Soil is that the false self is like a hospital gown. You just think you're covered. Okay. I, I hope to see that one day on a little card. John, thank you so much. The other thing that got me was when you said picture your soul, I was yeah, so thankful awesome. that I didn't see 
Morgan's IKEA cartoon characters without certain anatomy parts. <laughs> Men, thank you. Thank you for the privilege to walk with you. To the band of brothers whom I walked with. A couple things I gotta say. One, there are no shortcuts. There are none. And for me, I'm praying over my daughter one day in the vestibule as we're going out of the house. My wife comes back in and she looks and she sees me praying for her. And she says, what about me? You could have really taken that dagger out of my heart. Brothers, what about you? Can you use 20 seconds of insane courage to pray with your wife, to pray with your children, your family? Can you do it? Because it changed the trajectory of my life. And I'll tell you, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. So, prayer changes things. Lastly, I pray that Christ may dwell richly in your heart. So through faith, you can be so grounded and coincidentally rooted in love. Because after all, God is love. I think I could use more of that. I think I could share more of that. But I do pray this too that he who began the good work in you this weekend, including us as facilitators, that he is able to finish it. So brothers, finish strong. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Three. Hey guys, um, I've had the rare pr privilege of having a spiritual papa in my life for 35 years now uh, that watches over my soul, prays for me, uh, interacts with me on a weekly basis. And I, I'm thinking of the verse right now, for though you have 10,000 instructors, yet you have many, not many fathers. And I just want to ask you, are you being fathered and are you fathering with what you have? And the, I've talked to some young men here that say, I'd give anything for a spiritual dad. And let me just give you a, a word of wisdom is, don't go ask a mature man to father you. Ask him how you can serve him, how you can help and bless him. And in the process of serving him in some capacity, he'll become a dad to you. Um, my, one of my spiritual sons right now is going through a horrific marriage issue and this is how God's having me care for his soul as I sent him this uh, little text a few days before this event. I changed the names to protect the innocent. John, hey buddy, thinking of you and Jill tonight while I'm in Florida. So much of life catches us by surprise and we think it would be easier if we'd have planned better. The truth is that it's not how we planned but how we respond in the moment how we love when we don't understand and when we didn't see the curveballs coming. I want to affirm you as a man who's good at love, as a man with a pure heart. If you accomplish nothing else in life but creating an environment in your home where Jill is secure in your love and care, then you will be a rich man. 
Everything else is just stuff. It only matters a little bit. But the way you love Jill is everything. Be good at this and everything else will fall into place. Running on a parallel track with this is your love for God. You could insert God in the text above. This is the highest form of stewardship. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul or loses his marriage? Try and imagine if there's anything you could possibly gain at the expense of Jill's best interest that would ultimately have any real value to you. Jill is the proving ground for all your values and beliefs. Your one job in life is to see her heart thrive and come alive because she has been entrusted to you. Only then can the other things you do have value and significance. Just thinking out loud with you, friend, much love. Thank you. Sam. Let's go, Sam. Yeah, this is the end of the over 60 line. And uh, it's the end of this event. And um, Jackson Brown has a song that says, all good things must come to an end. And we know as sons, that's not true. So we're, and I'm from Hawaii, and um, we're going to have a little Hawaiian language lesson because we are going to say so long to each other today. But in Hawaii, it's kind of rude to say goodbye. It's, it's kind of definite, and it's, um, it's not true. Um, all good things don't come to an end. And um, so what we say in Hawaii is ahui ho. Ahui ho means until we meet again. So we're going to do a little language lesson here. So when you guys say so long or until we meet again, you're going to say what? Got it. Ahui ho. Thank you, Sam. Um, I'm kind of a man of few words, so um, my counsel to you really is two quick things and one I've already said. But um, men, you've been chosen and no passivity. No passivity. And as we experience the Father's love, not know, not see and read Scripture and take it in our head, but take it into our heart as experience. To experience the Father's love, then we can risk to love others. That's 1 John 4, 19. And, and when we do that, we're living in an adventure of the epic. So men, let's, let's stand for benediction. Jesus, we seal this in you. Every man, Every story, we seal it in you. We seal all of the understanding that we've gotten. We seal all of the breakthroughs that we've made. 
we seal all the agreements that we've broken. We seal the soul ties that we have broken. We seal every curse that has been expelled and every judgment that has come against us and every spirit that has been cast out. We seal all of this work in you and the full work of who you are. The grace, the mercy, the redemption of your blood and in the life of your resurrection and in the authority of your ascension. We seal this in the full work of Jesus Christ. And as we are becoming new men, we pray the love of the Father into our hearts, the rivers of life into every man's heart here. The love of God against all fear and all bondage. Jesus, you have come, you have set us free, and we receive your love, your unconditional love. We renounce all of the drivenness and the striving, all of that that has corrupted the gospel. But Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit, your love for each man. Protect our extract. Um, send us home and protect our flanks as we leave. And we proclaim your joy, your joy as we leave. And we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, if you've reached this moment in the audio series, I want to say well done. And I'm right with you. I'm on a trail in Colorado on a beautiful October sunny fall day. And I just listened through this session afresh. So it was recorded in 2019 in May. I, like you, just walked through it all and received the invitation and sat under the counsel of wise guides and drank it all in. And it was as though it was yesterday. And what I want to say is it is rare and it's worth it. It is worth it. I started this journey in a very intentional way when I turned 30 and I gave myself to a decade of becoming. And today I stand over 45, over 15 years of my decade of becoming. And it's only gotten more rich, more joyful, more true, more compelling, more meaningful. And I can tell you with sobriety, not everybody chooses this, just as John shared in his counsel. This is not for everyone. And not everyone says yes. The narrow road is for the few. And our mission is to reach the many and find the few. And so how will you stay? How will you remain in God? How will you keep your heart on this path directionally towards more of you being given over to more of God. And friends, that's our mission. That's what we are about. We are about the work in the kingdom of providing relationship 
resources, community, and context for men with kingly hearts to do the work, to consent to the path and process of becoming whole, to becoming wholehearted men, that God is glad to entrust the care of his kingdom. And all the resources that we put forth are for that purpose and to that end. And as you know, in the world of Become Good Soil, that's our deep apprenticeship track. And all the blogs and all the podcasts and all of the offerings, all of the teaching, all of the community um, initiatives like Slack, the offerings like Becoming a King Experience and Becoming a King Groups and all of the offerings we have throughout at heart, it's all intended to continue to nourish you and connect you with a very rare fellowship of men. I'm just struck by two men just this week that blew up their kingdoms and it breaks my heart. They're men I fought for. I fought for heroically in love for many years. It devastates me as I see others devastated around them. Friends, not everyone says yes. And there, there are many men that have gone through the intensive that had not consented to this path and process. And years later, they've blown up their kingdoms and they live with great regret. And so there isn't a magic pill. There isn't a magic fellowship. There isn't a membership card that gains you access into some quick and easy road. By choosing, by acting, by consenting, by turning your heart and your face to the Father again and again and again, it's by that activity of strength, from within your masculine soul that you are demonstrating you are part of this fellowship. And that's what we're about. And so if you are one of us, then we say, come along, keep saying yes, keep risking, keep looking under the hood, take your spiritual life very seriously, do the work, be kind to yourself clothe yourself in compassion, exercise forgiveness towards your own heart and to the hearts of others. And above all else, I invite you to find that rhythm, the pace, the portion, and the rhythm that is the kingdom of God and align with it here and now. See, friends, what you do in the next day with this, what you do in the next week with this, in the next month with this, means the most because it's the small activities. It's those micro shifts in your mind, in your body, in your will, in your imagination, in your relationships, in your work, and in your play. It's the micro shifts that over a decade add up into a transformed life and the impossible possible. So I want to celebrate with you. I want to pause and say, well done. And as this closes, I want to invite you to two things. You know where to find us, becomegoodsoil.com. Stay connected, risk love, offer to others as you're receiving. And then secondly, I invite you to a sacred pause. Before you do the next thing, just pause and let all of this sink, sink in. Be immersed in it. Receive it. And ask the Father, Ask Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit, what's the next thing 
what does God have for you in this message and this mission in this moment? Pause. Enjoy. We love you. We bless you. Amen.